from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Weren't we just chatting like a half hour ago or so? We were. Cardinals get the win today over the Cubs, 8-3, as they take three of five in the series and now get set for a huge weekend against the Atlanta Braves. You never know. It might be a playoff preview as we do welcome you in to Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. Full program tonight. Cardinals play day baseball. That means we get an entire two-hour edition of Sports Open Line. We'll be taking until 8 o'clock this evening, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 if you want to call or text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. As uh, It was quite the day today for the Cardinals, and it was also quite the day for Paul Goldschmidt. Newcomb is working on a 1-2-3 inning here. There's a swing and a long one. Left field, Goldie just hit a home run. His 32nd home run of the year, his third RBI of the day. The Cardinals have a 6-2 lead here over the Cubs in the sixth inning. A swing, and there's a fly ball center field. That's hit deep. Back to the wall. It's a gunner. A home run over the 400-foot marker in center field. Paul Goldschmidt with a two-home run day, and the Cardinals lead 8-2. Two home runs for Paul Goldschmidt as he continues to maybe, just maybe, like if he ends up winning the Triple Crown, which still is somewhat unlikely, but it's it's not as unlikely as it was four hours ago with his uh, with his two home run game today. If he does find a way to win the Triple Crown this year, this is the day where it really gets going uh, with the two home runs. So. He moves past Pete Alonzo in terms of the National League RBI lead. He's got 105. He continues to lead the National League in batting average at 339, and his 33 home runs are just one shy of Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber with 34. We were talking about this during the postgame show. There's just so many things right now with this Cardinals team. So many narratives, so many storylines. Um, it's every day. It's something new. That's significant. Like these aren't little things that are being accomplished on an everyday basis, whether it's the numbers that Albert Pujols is getting and, and the people he's passing by or the things he's doing that haven't been done since this person in this year, uh, the, the stuff going on with Molina and Wainwright Goldschmidt, just everything, everything is it's so much fun right now, and from a from a storyline standpoint, there are so many things to be able to talk about with this team. And thankfully, we've got two hours to be able to uh, talk about. So we'll uh, we'll do a lot of Cardinals today over the next uh, couple hours. Uh, a little bit of football as well. The college football season actually begins this weekend. There's some Week Zero matchups across college football this weekend. As uh, this is the weekend where, with all due respect to the NFL preseason. 
This is the weekend where games that actually matter uh, start getting played because there are some college football games uh, this weekend. So we'll talk some. We'll talk a little bit about football. The University of Illinois is named their starting quarterback, so we'll tell you uh, all about that uh, coming up later on. Our guest today, we've got a couple uh, that uh, we're certainly looking forward to uh, talking to. Kevin McAlpin's going to uh, join us in less than 10 minutes. He's part of the uh, Braves coverage on the Braves Radio Network. This is a big weekend. This is a really big weekend, and it's another litmus test for the Cardinals. So we'll preview this weekend with uh, Kevin McAlpin. And then uh, coming up next hour, uh, we are going to be uh, joined by Neil Payne. He is part of the team over at uh, 538. He wrote a really interesting piece that really outlined just how unlikely what was going on with Albert Pujols, just how unlikely it is. When not only that you look at his numbers, not only that you look at his numbers at his age, but also when you look at the the career renaissance that Pujols is having. It wasn't that long ago that Albert Pujols was statistically the worst Major League Baseball player out there. That's that's a true statement. Some of those some of those years with the Angels were really not good, and now he's back and he's an above average player and he's hitting home runs and he's hitting for like it's just it's all happened and he's got a legitimate chance at uh, seven hundred. So uh, Neil Payne is going to uh, discuss things from a uh, very analytical standpoint. Just how unlikely is it what Albert Pujols is doing at the moment? So look forward to uh, talking to him coming up in uh, just a few moments. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Or you can uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's how you get in contact uh, with the program. I'm really looking forward to this weekend against the Braves. From a National League standpoint, uh, other than the Dodgers, I think the Braves are the second best team in the National League. And I I think the Braves are better than the New York Mets. I know the Mets are in first place in the NL East, but they have been falling off. All the Braves, they have just continued to make a run, and all of a sudden the Braves are within one and a half games of the Mets. We've seen the Cardinals have some really good weekends here recently. And you would assume, I don't know the exact ticket count that's left, but you would assume these games against the Braves this weekend are going to feel very much like the games against the Yankees and the games against the Brewers uh, the last couple uh, weekends. And this is another litmus test for this team because the Braves are a team that could be right there once again. Defending world champions, they got better. They got better. Uh, even losing Freddie Freeman, somehow, some way, the Atlanta Braves have gotten better. And they've had some of their really you, – you talk about teams that are young and exciting. I, I don't know if there is a better young core in Major League Baseball than the Atlanta Braves. They have developed so well. They've been able to add to their Major League roster. They have done all of that without giving up a lot of this high-end talent. And you go up and down the roster, and you look at an Austin Riley, you look at a Vaughn Grissom, you look at a Ronald Acuna Jr., um, you look at all of these players, and you just realize how good they are and how good they could be for a really long time. 
We're going to talk more about the Braves. Kevin McAlpin is part of the Braves Radio Network. He joins us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Thursday evening. The Cardinals back home this weekend for a huge series against the Atlanta Braves. Maybe a playoff preview. Two of the hottest teams in all of baseball matching up for a three-game set. And with that, very happy to uh, welcome on to the program a good friend of mine. He is part of the Atlanta Braves radio network. Also uh, does stuff with the uh, flagship station for the Atlanta Braves 680 The Fan. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin McAlpin. So you might expect his name is Kevin McAlpin. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Real creative uh, Twitter handle, isn't it? You know what? I'm actually jealous because <laughs> at Matt Pauly was taken by the time I joined Twitter. So I'm, uh, I, I wish I could have it. At some point, I tweeted with the at Matt Pauly trying to get it, and uh, he was not giving it up. Might have cost you a Rolex or something. You got to get it. You got to be early to the party with these kinds of things, man. You know, it was, uh, gosh, I guess it was 2010 is when I first got suckered into doing the Twitter thing. So I, I guess I was early enough. You know, it's funny because there is a, uh, a guy who's running for judge in Tennessee, and his name is Kevin McAlpin, and he did the same thing for me, wanting to get my Twitter handle. I said, nah, I, said, I think it's been long enough. I, you're going to have to be, get a little more creative than I did, I think. <laughs> Do people ever tweet at you thinking that you're him? Uh, you know what? It has not happened yet. Uh, I'm sure it will happen at some point. Uh, I don't know if you follow Mark Zuckerman does a great job for uh, covering the nationals in DC and people confuse him with Mark Zuckerberg all the time. So he has to answer questions about Facebook. I have not gotten the judge questions yet, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point down the road, it's going to happen. All right. We'll just have to wait on that. Uh, (laughs) I think we're both covering teams that are a lot of fun right now. The Cardinals are fun, but, man, the Braves, this run they're on right now, they're trying to hunt down the Mets. Uh, I know you're used to seeing good teams, and this team obviously won it all last year, but uh, what a time for the Braves right now. Yeah, Matt, you know, I think this is even a better team than last year. I mean, certainly they are trending further ahead now than they were last year. Think about this. Uh, They didn't get over 500 until the second week of August. And then they went on that run, and it was so many of the guys that they had, you know, from trade deadline acquisitions, from, uh, you know, guys like Jorge Soler to Eddie Rosario to Adam Duvall. I mean, the list went on and on of guys that contributed. But this is a better team. This is a much better team from a pitching standpoint than it was a year ago. So while the road won't be as easy, we know the Mets are a better team. Uh, The National League is tough with the Dodgers and the Cardinals are playing good baseball. And, you know, you can't count the Brewers out. And, you know, there's, there's some really, really good teams in this National League. But I think what this team went through a year ago, having to overcome a a pretty sizable deficit early on, not that you want to try to do that, but that's sort of where they are again this year. And I think they feel like, you know, a game and a half back with the off night tonight, Things are getting quite interesting here between them and the Mets in the NL East. I know Matt Olson is a good player, but it's pretty incredible that you can be talking about the Braves being a better team this year than last year, and you lost Freddie Freeman. 
Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, you, you know, it, the sky was falling here when they hadn't signed Freddie, and, and I just kept telling fans in Atlanta, trust Alex Anthopoulos. He has a plan B. He has a plan C. And to his credit, you know, he wasn't going to get caught with his pants down, Matt. He wasn't going to get caught in a position where Freddie signs with the Dodgers and you don't make a move and bring in Matt Olsen. Um, so, again, I, I would argue they're a better team, and I never thought we'd be saying that, losing a former MVP in Freddie Freeman. He was a terrific player on, on both sides of the ball, and I think that's the one side of it that people didn't realize. Matt Olsen's a really good defensive first baseman, like really, really good defensive first baseman. Obviously, we always talk about his offense, his numbers at the plate, but he's done a really nice job. And, look, he's an Atlanta guy. He's lived here in the offseason. He certainly understands the Atlanta fan base. Um, and it was probably pretty tough for him early on. First couple of months, I don't know if he was pressing or if there was a little bit of extra, you know, on his shoulders with uh, trying to take over for a guy like Freddie. But he's done a great job. And he's been a doubles machine all season. Now we're starting to see the ball uh, go out of the ballpark. So, uh, yeah, Matt has really fit in very, very quickly with this ball club. The thing I love about the way the Braves are run from a baseball operations standpoint is – when are these 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 young guys studs? They're going to be longtime members of this team. The Braves go sign them to long term deals, whether it's buying out arbitration years, buying out club control years, whatever they need to do. They find a way to get guys under long term contracts, and it it shows a commitment on so many different levels, from an individual standpoint to a team standpoint. I just. I think Braves fans should really be thankful that the uh, operation is being run the way it is. Yeah, no question, Matt. And I think the, that's the big part of this is the fans. I mean, the Braves are trending towards 3 million plus in attendance this year. Now, look, I get it. They're coming off a World Series title. So the attendance should be really good. But 3 million is a really stout number. And at the trading deadline last season, you know, the, the Braves finished last year with 2.3 million in attendance, which is still a really, really good number. Uh, but when you talk about what they were able to do at the deadline, absorbing salaries, uh, being able to take on money that they wouldn't have been able to do in years past, uh, Alex Anthopoulos was very uh, candid with the media saying, look, the fan support is why we're able to put this money back in the team. Same can be said about this year. I mean, you look at they're signing guys to the longest contracts in franchise history, whether it's Matt Olson, and then you surpass that with Austin Riley, um, Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., locked up long-term. Now you lock up Michael Harris II, who a lot of folks in St. Louis are probably saying, who in the world is that? Uh, this guy might be a front-runner for the uh, NL Rookie of the Year when all said and done. Um, so, again, they're keeping this core together. Now the big question becomes, the one guy we haven't mentioned is Dansby Swanson. You know, three of your four infielders, are under you know long long term deals. Um, Dansby's in his walk year and he's having a really really good year again. So you know you wonder you know he's a hometown guy. He's from Marietta, three miles from the ballpark. Um, you know does he want to stay here? Does he want to test the free agency waters? That's the story to follow. But you're right. Uh, the fact that they're keeping this core together and not just going for it. You know last year, this year, and next year they're going for it for the next decade. And I think again this is uncharted waters for for the Braves. They're not used to playing in the uh, the salary, uh, you know, waters that they are right now. And, uh, again, it, it, a big reason why is the fan support they're getting here at Truist Park all season long. Kevin McAlpin from the Braves Radio Network continuing to uh, join us. 
this this series this weekend's fun because two teams that are playing great baseball. In many ways, there's more on the line for the Braves because right now they're trying to catch the Mets, and the Cardinals all of a sudden have themselves a six game lead in the division. What do you take away though from a weekend like this, where you got two teams that are probably headed to the postseason, two teams with high expectations? You got a little bit more than a month left of the season, and it's going to be a, a big weekend with a whole lot of fans in attendance. Yeah, that's the big thing. Bush Stadium is never an easy place to win, right? I mean, the, the Cardinal fans are awesome. They they turn out night in and night out. Um, but, you know, I'll say this about the Braves. You, you look back to the most recent homestand. They take three out of four from the Mets. That was a big series for the Braves. They lost four out of five up in New York a week and a half earlier. So for them to come back and take three out of four in that series and then turn around and take two out of three from the Astros in the World Series rematch, that was huge. And, and I think the big tell for where this team is mentally is they didn't take their foot off the gas. They went into Pittsburgh and they went from, you know, playoff and world series atmosphere here at Truist park to nine, 10, 11,000 folks at PNC park. And they, and they sweep the pirates and they finish out yesterday with a 14 2 victory. They did what they needed to do. Uh, they took care of a lesser opponent. That won't be the case this weekend. I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Again, when you talk about what Goldschmidt's doing and, and Albert Pujols, I was texting you about it the other night. My goodness, what he has done here lately. I mean, he looks like he's 15 years younger. I mean, it really is. It's been fun to watch from afar, and uh, hopefully he doesn't have that, that kind of success this weekend. But ultimately, it's going to be a good test. There's no doubt about it. Uh, good pitching matchups all weekend long. So uh, this will once again feel like a playoff series for the Braves. And, again, hopefully they're up for it. Uh, they, they've, they've certainly risen to the occasion at home. They've played good baseball on the road, and I don't expect them to be – intimidated or back down here this weekend. I think you'll continue to see them uh, play good baseball, and it's two really, really good teams going head-to-head the next three nights. By the way, it is Hall of Fame weekend this weekend in St. Louis as uh, Matt Holliday, Julian Javier, and Charles Comiskey are going to be uh, inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, so there's going to be even a little bit more buzz that goes along with it. The the Cardinals have hosted some big weekends here recently, a big weekend against the Yankees, a big weekend against the Brewers, but now in addition to these games, there's everything else that's going to be going on it's going to be a lot of fun yeah it really will we were there I want to you know I traveled with the team for eight seasons and I want to say we were there gosh maybe four or five years ago and when they bring them some of those alumni out and they they drive them around in the uh in the convertibles before the game my goodness there are some uh absolute legends of major league baseball St. Louis is always a fun place to go to um it's a great atmosphere the fans are, are really into it uh, for the Braves, you know, they've had some success at Bush Stadium here the last couple of seasons. But, uh, again, uh, it, it's never easy to play, especially when you bring some of those guys out of, uh, out of the woodwork. So I'm sure uh, the, ball, the ballpark's going to be rocking. I'm curious to see how Spencer Strider handles this. He goes tomorrow night. and He was really, really good his last start against the Mets. Um, you know, this is a guy that can bring it, triple-digit fastball, really good wipeout slider. He's 23 years old, and so far the moment hasn't seemed too big for him. So we'll see how he can handle uh, his first experience there at Bush Stadium tomorrow night. Okay, so clearly I, I think pretty highly of the Braves. So I'm not trying to do a downer here, but I'll finish you off with this. Finish this statement for me. If the Braves have a disappointing finish to the season, it's because what happens? It's because the pitching staff ran out of gas. Look, to me, I look at Max Fried. I mean, he's an ace. I don't know how fans in St. Louis view Max Fried. I don't know how folks on the West Coast view Max Fried. I'm surprised he's not a bigger name, especially what he did in Game 6 of the World Series. But for me, Max is your guy. He's your Game 1 starter in the playoffs. 
Then after that, I've got some question marks. Look, Spencer Strider has never gone to this kind of innings limit in his career. Again, he's 23 years old. Most innings he's ever thrown was 94 in the minors, and he's already had surgery when he was back at Clemson. So keep an eye on the innings for Strider as we go down the stretch. Kyle Wright is tied for the major league lead with 16 wins. If I would have told you that at spring training, you would have hung up on me on one of these shows. I mean, there's just no way anybody saw that coming. Can he continue it? Can this go through the postseason? What about Charlie Morton? He's been a lot better here lately, but he's 38 years old. You know, is he going to start feeling some fatigue? So for me, my lineup every day, I feel really good about. My bullpen with Jansen in the ninth, with Rysel Iglesias in the eighth, Minter Matzik sixth and seventh. They've got Kirby Yates coming back off injury. Feel pretty good about the bullpen as well. The starting rotation to me is the one area I've got a little bit of a question mark about. Now, I will preface this, Matt, by telling you this time last year, there were nights where we they had playoff games where Snit was asked before the game, who's starting for you tomorrow night? And he would say, huh, we'll see how we get through tonight first. They had Dylan Lee and Tucker Davidson start World Series games for them. They're not going to be in that kind of predicament this year. But again, I do have a question mark about what the rotation looks like down the stretch into October. Can they keep this up? They've been really, really good. But if they don't get to where they want to be, I think it'll be the starting rotation. Again, they've been good. They're on a heater right now. There's a long way to go between now and the end of October. He is Kevin McAlpin, pre- and post-game for the Braves Radio Network, 680 The Fan in Atlanta. Kevin, I always enjoy being able to uh, catch up and uh, look forward to talking to you again real soon. Well, Matt, it's my pleasure, and my friend, congrats on the new job. Happy for you and the fam, buddy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Kevin McAlpin uh, joining us here on uh, Sports Open Line on KMOX, and we appreciate him taking uh, a moment uh, with us. He and I go back to independent baseball years and years and years and years ago, and uh, he's uh, he's it's fun for me watching what he's been able to accomplish in his career. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a big weekend. going to be a big weekend. You mentioned the three million. You know, I'll get to this in, in just a moment. We'll take a quick break. Have more. It's Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Our guy, uh, Ben Boyd, listening. He mentioned something to me, which I thought of at the moment that uh, Kevin McAlpin, who joined us in our last segment, said Kevin was uh, was bragging on behalf of the Braves about going to uh, three million in attendance. And look, that's a big number, and that's a really important number. Uh, it's something that's done in St. Louis every year. The three million mark—it's just that is the uh, that's the baseline standard of attendance in St. Louis, getting to uh, three million. So. I uh, wasn't going to bring that up with Kevin at the moment, but we know. We know. By the way, this weekend, what a what a fantastic weekend of things going on, giveaways, the the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony that's going to take place. So you've got the uh, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright hat giveaway on Friday. On uh, Saturday, there's a uh, Matt Holiday t-shirt giveaway in addition to the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That's going to be taking place at uh, 3 o'clock uh, inside of the uh, Credit Union uh, Plaza at Ballpark Village. That's free and open to the public. And then there's going to be a pregame ceremony at uh, 6 o'clock on uh, Saturday as well. On uh, Sunday, we're going to have the 
uh, Mystery Hall of Fame car bobblehead giveaway featuring uh, Willie McGee and Jim Edmonds. So, so much going on. Also want to mention the fact that uh, John Jay and Luis Alcea are going to be doing a signing coming up on Sunday. Uh, it's going to uh, take place uh, in the Budweiser Terrace from 4.30 to 5.30 on Sunday. The first 100 people are guaranteed an autograph ticket. So, again, that's going on Sunday. John Jay and Luis Alcea will be uh, signing, so make sure to check that out. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you uh, get in contact with the program. Cardinals get the win today over the Cubs. They take three of five. They go six and two on the road trip, and now they're set to return home. Rob has given us a call. Hey, Rob, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, Matt, thanks for taking my call. Um, I got a lot to get off my chest here, so I'm I'm uh, looking at my notes. Um First of all, I got to know who was the last Cardinal to win the Triple Crown. Uh, and let's see. Um, I don't think Mosellac gets near enough credit. I mean, he. this was a brilliant move to bring back Pujols. He got us Goldschmidt. He got us Montgomery at the trade deadline. I mean, this guy is top shelf sports executive. I think he should get baseball executive of the year. And if if we go to the World Series – we don't even have to win the World Series. I say Marmo will be manager of the year. And um, two more things. Um, uh, I'm concerned about uh, Albert uh, going for the 700 mark and, and then running out of bullets for postseason. I, I think I'm hopeful that he, he gets to the 700 mark fairly soon and, and then Marmo rest him, you know, more than one day so that he can re- recharge and reload for postseason. And finally, um, you know, with with uh, uh, Molina and, and uh, Albert and, and, and maybe Wainwright too, you know, these guys go off on a high note. I mean, you know, it's something right out of Disney. And, and, and I say that, that the attendance this year has to – I don't know if it'll be the highest in our history, but it'll be one of the highest it should be. Uh, and that's all I have to say. Thank all right, you. All right, Rob. Appreciate it. A lot of things. You took notes. By the way, Joe Medwick, 1937, uh, your last uh, Triple Crown winner. Last Triple Crown winner in the National League. There's been some na- There's been some Triple Crown winners uh, in the American League as recently as 2012 with Miguel Cabrera in Detroit. But the last time somebody won it in the National League, it was with the Cardinals. It was Joe Medwick in 1937. So it has been a little while. You know, the, of everything he said, the thing I hadn't really thought of, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of internally process here at the moment, does he, he referred to it as Albert Pujols running out of bullets uh, by going for 700. I, from a physical standpoint, I'm not worried about that. From like an emotional standpoint, though, that is um, Albert will tell you, and he did it in his most recent uh, five minutes with five conversation with Tom Ackerman, where they talked about the numbers that really matter and the number being three, winning a third world championship. Like I, I, I believe that. But I, I also know that 700 is an important number. And Albert Pujols, really, of, of all the players that I think we've seen, uh, his his love for the history of the game, the relationship that he had with Stan Musial, 
the fact that he was a little bit even uncomfortable with the with the nickname of El Hombre because he's not the man. Uh, to see him with Tony Gwynn before Gwynn passed away, like, he just he ha- he understands the history of the game. He respects the history of the game, and getting to seven hundred home runs is a big part of the history of the game. That's a huge milestone. So he's going for it. It's important to him, no matter what he says. You you cannot respect the history of the game as much as he does uh, without it being something. So whether he gets it or doesn't get it, the emotional toll of going for it, is that something that could play out in a negative way in the postseason? I'm, I'm thinking through this right now, kind of on the spot. I lean no, but I'm not a 100% no. I guess if you want to be worried about something with Albert, maybe that is something to be a little bit worried about. I don't know, but he's he's going for 700, and I guarantee you it does mean something to him. Let's grab Ruth has given us a call. Hey, Ruth, you're on Sports Open Line. Hello. Um, I just want to ask a few questions. Um, since DeYoung has trouble up here, why don't they work with him up here like they do down at AAA, do the same thing? and get him back on track to hit. That's number one. And I would like to know why they have not been getting a catcher ready in the minor leagues because they knew Yachty wouldn't be here forever. They should have been doing this two years ago. And also a shortstop because Tommy Edmond is a better player on second, and the team plays better with Tommy Edmond on second. Uh, So that are my comments. So um, I would just wondering about that because I really am rooting for DeYoung, but he's having a hard time. But why can't they do with him here like they do down there and getting back to hitting again? Yeah, Ruth, so. I, I appreciate the comments. I think the first answer there is there's a big difference between AAA pitching and Major League pitching. And you can go down to AAA and you're just you're seeing a different level of pitching. And that's – I don't think – I don't think they're doing anything different with him in terms of the work earlier in the day, uh, work in the cage, all that sort of. The, there's nothing different going on there. But when you actually get into the games, you are facing a different level of pitching. So that would be the first thing. And the second thing on that is you're, you can't really take him off the roster, uh, but then keep him up here, if that makes sense, just to work on things. Uh, yeah, that he's got to be somewhere. So I understand what you're saying. Like from a, I think from a common sense standpoint, it's like, well, he goes down to AAA and he really turns it around. So whatever they're doing down there, just do up here. I think the variable that is so different is the pitching that you're facing, and every spot on a major league roster is really, really important. As far as the catching situation, Avon uh, Herrera is a top ten prospect in the organization, and I would expect them to bring in a veteran going into next season and for it to be a little bit of a competition, but they're high on Herrera and he's somebody who could turn into something. And again, he's MLB pipeline has him ranked as the number seven prospect in the organization. The players in front of him: Jordan Walker, Mason, Wynn, Gordon Graceffo, Matthew Libertor, Alec Burleson, and Tink Hens. We hear a lot about those guys being big parts of the organization moving forward, some sooner than others. But I would say even though we've seen Herrera, we haven't seen seen 
Herrera. He has not really gotten that extended big league opportunity where he's playing not every day, but close to every day. Uh, And just getting out of the shadow of Yadier Molina, that's going to be a big part for any young catcher coming up through this organization as well. 314-436-7900, If you want to call or text, you can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, switch gears for just a few minutes, talk a little college football as the season is getting underway this weekend for a handful of teams. That's next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. You know what snuck up on me? College football season. This weekend, it is week zero. There's always a handful of games that uh, take place for uh, various reasons uh, the weekend before the actual start of the college football season. Illinois is one of the teams that's going to be playing. They're going to be in action in Champaign coming up on Saturday, a 3 o'clock start as uh, they take on Wyoming. That's not an easy, easy matchup to open up the season. Wyoming out of the Mountain West, they're generally a pretty good team, and uh, they always give you a challenge. They uh, have been known to knock off some uh, Power 5 programs, uh, to be sure. So Illinois is going to uh, start their season Feels like this is a year for the Fighting Illini to kind of take a step forward. They were a lot more competitive last year than I think most people thought they were going to be, but some of those wins uh, were tough to come by. Uh, they have announced, uh, their head coach Brett Bielma announced that uh, Tommy DeVito is going to be the uh, starting quarterback. DeVito uh, came in through the uh, transfer portal, uh, and now he is going to be the uh, starting quarterback. So we'll see uh, how uh, they end up doing. But Illinois in action this weekend. The other Big Ten game this weekend, uh, I don't know if you saw this, so Northwestern and Nebraska are going to match up against each other. This game is being played in Dublin. They're going far, far away. Uh, The game is airing on Fox, and... On the promotional graphic for this game, they showed the Nebraska Cornhusker, but then on the other side, they show they did not show the mascot for the Northwestern Wildcats. They showed the mascot for the Kansas State Wildcats. Now, I am a very proud alum of Kansas State University, so that's why this was all over my uh, my Twitter today uh, when people saw that. So yeah, Fox has the game, the Nebraska-Northwestern game, on Saturday from Dublin. And in their promotion, they couldn't, uh, they could not get the correct Wildcat logo on there. They got the wrong one uh, there. But college football season, it has, uh, it has arrived. And that's going to, uh, I think there's, there's reasons to be excited about Illinois. Again, I, I don't know what their, I don't know what their ceiling is, uh, but it does feel like they should take a step forward. It does feel like they should be a team that's uh, getting to a bowl game this year. And then uh, some Missouri's a better football team, but they're playing in the SEC and you just don't know what to expect. But that being said, we've talked about with Missouri. All SEC schedules are really, really tough. Missouri's got about as easy of an SEC schedule as you can have. And it's still tough. It's not easy. We're, it's, you know, we're, it's very comparative when you do that. But College football season is here. We're going to be talking a lot about that here on Sports Open Line. All right, one hour done, one more to go. A lot more Cardinals baseball to get to coming up.